Welcome to Outside Source Football. This is a show about what's going on inside the NFL. Your hosts, Evan Mick and Ty Ruddy, bring the latest predictions and updates from the league. Enjoy the show. Welcome to OSFP. My name is Evan Mick, and I'm a football player here at Hillsdale College. My name is Ty Ruddy. The Super Bowl just happened just last week, and we're going to be bringing you some stats, scores, and what we really thought about that game. Yeah, I I thought it was absolutely incredible, entertaining down to the down to the fourth quarter. Yeah, all the way down to the to the final two minutes. I mean, would have liked to see maybe a little bit more of an exciting ending, but I mean, how much can you really ask for out of one game? Yeah, I agree with you, and I think we can talk about that a little later on. All right, so in the second half, the Chiefs scored a touchdown on every single drive. Mm, yeah. What What is your initial just? reaction to that why do you think that they were so successful yeah well I think Andy Reid is the better coach in that situation and I think halftime the adjustments they made there had a lot to do with that and obviously Patrick Mahomes the whole Chiefs offense is one of those teams that can just kind of pick things up on the fly and so I think that was a big part of it I also think we talked about this last week but the res- the resilience and the experience of Patrick Mahomes having been there before having been down in the Super Bowl before or at least on a big stage before, definitely helped them in that situation. Yeah, and if I can just jump in right there. I So if you go back to week six versus the Jaguars, so it's Eagles-Jags, okay? That's where this whole – that's how the Chiefs won this game. So stay with me here. So in the Eagles-Jags game, there's everybody's lined up. Um, I believe it's Christian Kirk, but I'm not really sure exactly who it is, what the player is. But he's lined up on the right side, and he's not on the line. So he can legally motion across the line, basically. And so he motions into the backfield right next to Trevor Lawrence. So it looks like he's a running back, right? Mm -hmm. The Eagles shift their corner. like They send him flying over to the other side. So he's ready for Christian Kirk to be on the other side or to come like right up the middle. Mm. So there's nobody on that side. And Christian Kirk goes right back to that side. And scores a touchdown. Eagles do this almost every single play, this shift. The San Francisco 49ers, they talked about it. I don't remember exactly what was said, but Debo, Ayuk, McCaffrey, they knew that this was like the hole in the Eagles offense. They could just never get in the red or Eagles defense. Yeah. They could just never get in the red zone. The Chiefs exposed that. The Chiefs scored on that play, that exact same motion. Of course, they set it up with real motion in the red zone, like a, a jet sweep type motion. Yeah. But they scored in that play uh, f- three times, four times? Yeah, that one to the, Tony at the end there was a huge response to the Eagles. And I think that was probably the same similar or the similar format that you were talking about on the play, right? Yeah, that's the exact same one. The motion yeah. across, right. the Eagles shift over, and it looks like he's everybody's wondering, why is he wide open? Yeah. So our next thing I think we should talk about is the reaction – to the holding call at the end of the game. What do you think? Yeah. Well, it wasn't holding, in my opinion. I, you say wasn't or I was? I think it was not holding. It was not holding. What do you think? I think it was holding. Really? I think that it was holding, but I don't think. So in a game of that magnitude, mm-hmm. in a situation where this holding ends the game, ends the game no matter what, pretty much, because you know J- Jalen Hurts had like two seconds left, to score a touchdown at the end but this holding really really ends the game like this is a game-changing moment 
may be callable. Like people yeah. can you can if you can debate whether something is a hold or not a hold, yeah. In a big moment like that, you can't call that. I just think that the refs, because now everybody's talking about the refs and everybody's upset, and I think that that's the whole problem is that you stirred up this controversy that people, if you would have, um, if they would have missed the call, the controversy would still be there. But I don't think it would be half as big as if you called this. Yeah, no, I I agree with you one hundred percent. Obviously, I said that I don't think it's holding which inherently means that I don't think it should have been called, but I do agree with your point that even if it was callable, that's such a crucial time in the biggest game of the year to call something like that. Yeah, I think something that small. Now you go back to the uh, Saints, Saints-Rams. Yeah, Saints-Rams. Saints-Rams like three years ago Yeah, where he absolutely, somebody absolutely got hit-sticked on right. the side with no flag while the ball was in the air like, most blatant pass interference, probably one of the worst missed calls I've ever seen in my entire life. Probably right. the worst missed call. Mm-hmm. But like, there's a huge difference between that and this hold right here. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. The Rams one was to send someone to the Super Bowl, and I think that it this was. one NFC Championship. Game. Yeah, and this one was for the Super Bowl, and there's a big difference between those two games, and obviously. I disagree with that. I think that there's as soon as you get in the playoffs and it's win or go home. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't matter, but the reason why there's a big difference is because one was so blatant and the other one wasn't. So yeah. this holding like it wasn't groundbreaking game completely thrown off like that guy got absolutely hit-sticked that should have been called every single time. All right, let's just go to real quick best and worst prediction Super Bowl. What, what was your best and worst Super Bowl prediction? Well, my best Super Bowl prediction was probably Jalen Hurts' stat line. I think I said I, I think I said I thought he was going to throw for one. Is that what you mean? Yeah, you did pretty good on yeah. the, the Jalen Hurts side for real. What I, was what was your worst prediction? My my worst one was obviously I I didn't get the score right and didn't even get the team right, so that was probably one of my worst one. But also. Patrick Mahomes' stats. I thought he. I thought for sure he was going to pick apart that Eagles defense, and he did not. Yeah, I think my worst, my worst score prediction was probably either <laughs> was the fact that I had like Miles Sanders breaking a hundred yards, yet I only had Jalen Hurts at like two hundred something yards. But my best prediction, probably that Devonta Smith would have more yards than AJ Brown because yeah. it was right. You were right. I was right. I was wrong. <laughs> that's an insane stat to think about when you think about their talent levels. Devonta Smith's a great receiver, but he's not A.J. Brown. No, yeah. So you're listening to OSFB. Uh, we're here talking about the Super Bowl. We just finished talking about the Super Bowl, actually, and now we will be moving on to the draft and free agency, specifically the QB market. Which is, I don't know if you call it stacked, but there's some big names in the in the QB free agent market, right? Yeah. Obviously, Tom Brady was one of those right. high-caliber players a couple of years ago that was a free agent. But there's yeah. not every year is there that high-caliber free agent of at the quarterback position. There's always a high-caliber. Like, Devin White will be a free agent this year. He's pretty high-caliber. Like, you know what I mean? Right, yeah, but no. not specifically at the quarterback position where we really don't know what's going to happen to them. Yeah. There's this huge hole around Lamar Jackson right now. Yeah. Uh, obviously, QB1 free agency, but I think... 
So I have a tier list. I just want I want to know what you think. Mm-hmm. Uh, slowly. Um, okay. I'm gonna give you a hint. Lamar Jackson is the the last tier that I'm gonna name because I'm going bottom to top. Okay. Okay. Well, I was gonna start with Lamar Jackson. You want to go top to bottom? I can go top to bottom. Okay, we can go top to bottom. Right. I was going to start with Lamar Jackson. I see no reason why the, the Ravens don't sign him. And I think if he doesn't get re-signed, it's probably because he wants to play somewhere else. I can't really think of who else the Ravens would look to. I think the Ravens should sell. Should really? sell fire. Okay. Sell everything that they have. I think that they should start over. I think that they're in a horrible spot. Oh, you mean you mean not even with I just mean Lamar not Jackson? Just with Lamar Jackson. I oh, mean, man. I think they're in a horrible spot. Complete right rebuild. Now. Complete rebuild. Because Lamar is all that they have, mm-hmm. and they're going to be paying him a huge contract for a mobile quarterback. Who mobile quarterbacks they last, you know, decently long. Not as long as pocket passers. Obviously, move leaking. League is moving to more mobile guys, you know, but yeah, I mean, if Lamar Jackson's only gonna get worse every year, like he's he's phenomenal, yeah, but I mean that talent's gonna start to drop off slowly that you are not in a place where you can win a championship right now i thought I thought that they were kind of last year at a certain point, but then I watched a pair of their games, and I was like, they are not, I think that they should just sell fire. Yeah. Sell sell everything they have, blow the whole organization up and start over. Yeah. I think I think you're right in that it's a matter of money. They can't re sign him for four years, two hundred million dollars if they're not willing to put people around him. Um but if it's a matter of money, it's also a matter of how much money is it gonna be to sell fire, rehire, you know? Yeah. And obviously so there's a stat which was finally broken this year. Is it twelve and a half? I think it's twelve and a half percent. So if a quarterback takes up more than twelve and a half percent of a team's total uh, budget, what's the word? Salary cap. Yeah, salary cap. So if a, if a if a player takes up more than twelve and a half percent of the their team's salary cap, they've never won a Super Bowl. No. Wow. With a quarterback over twelve and a half percent. And it's finally been broken this year by the quarterback that's probably the most talented quarterback we've ever seen play football. Yeah. And he had some, you know, close calls. Like it wasn't it wasn't a, a dominant Super Bowl where he was winning the whole game. It was the second largest comeback in NFL history at wow. Super Bowl. So I just don't think that even though Lamar Jackson is one of those top guys, I don't think that you can pay him three hundred and thirty million. Mm-hmm. Expect Patrick Mahomes numbers. And then win a Super Bowl. Especially without like the talent that they have around Patrick Mahomes. Because Patrick Mahomes is built around. If you pay Lamar $330 million and you don't already have some guys that you drafted that are on rookie contracts that are already pretty good, you're not going to f- just find random amazing guys in the draft. Like the, what the right. Jets did, offensive, defensive rookie of the year this year, insane. Very rare. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I guess I get, you're right in, in uh, the sense that like – Patrick Mahomes signed that deal with, at the time, Tyreek was there, right, already around him. Travis was there. Uh, So he had a team already around him. And if you're going to re-sign Lamar, you're banking on generational talent at receiver and even O-line if you want to build a team around him in the draft. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that right there. So my current landing spot for Lamar Jackson is actually 
So I don't like love this landing spot for him, but it's the it's the best one. It's just it's the only one that has the salary that they can do this, that they can do it, that they can uh sign him. Okay. And they have some talent. Okay. And that is the Atlanta Falcons. Okay. Yeah. Want to elaborate? Yeah, Kyle Pitts is probably my favorite player in the NFL. Okay. <laughs> Why is that? Kyle Pitts is a freak athlete. Kyle Pitts is like I mean, if you didn't have Marcus Mariota throwing to him, it was Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter, who were probably neither of them are top two thirty, top thirty two quarterbacks in the league this year. Like they weren't good. Nope. You could see like he is a phenomenal talent. Mm-hmm. He is the has the best metrics since Calvin Johnson. Like he's just and he can't block. The guy is not a tight end. <laughs> the guy is not a tight end. Not does not belong in line blocking. They should put him on an X receiver. And let him go catch the football. Yeah. He's maybe the best. Like, as far as pure athleticism, including size, physical metrics, he's, like, the best receiver we've seen since Calvin Johnson. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, obviously, they have Drake London, who was pretty good this year. I'm not a huge Drake London fan. I will say that. But, I mean, they have some pieces that they can build around. They have, uh, gosh, they have decent offensive line pieces they don't have good offensive line as whole but they have decent offensive line pieces um you got aj terrell good defensive piece like these guys are on rookie contracts you can take a quarterback contract yeah and you can kind of sell what you have Mm -hmm. and try to win a super bowl in the next maybe two three years i think atlanta is in a better position to win the super bowl with lamar jackson in the next two to three years than the ravens are than anybody else is really, except maybe like if you put them on like the Bengals or something like that. You yeah. Know what I mean? Who already has, obviously, who a quarterback. Has, yeah. Who already built around their quarterback. Yeah, exactly. How high are the Falcons in the draft? Top 10, I would assume. They're top 10. Uh, I yeah. think so. I'm going to guess eight. Okay. I was going to say seven or eight, probably. So that's, uh, yeah, I mean, you get a good draft pick there. That's starting nice. to build, yeah, build a little bit. Around them. Yeah. Okay. So that's my just like that's my Lamar Jackson tier. That's literally when I name the tier. Lamar Jackson. Uh my next tier is starters. So I'm gonna go to the I'm gonna go bottom to top. So I have three t- guys in the starter tier, like obvious starters. I have Daniel Jones. Yeah. I think Daniel Jones will find a contract with the Giants. I think they like him there. And I think that if you're paying him more than twenty million, I wouldn't do it, but I think that they'll pay him up to like twenty five. Yeah. I think that's what the contract will look like because, like, guys you've had around the organization, like, people don't understand. If you're already at a place, sometimes they're willing to pay more because they know what you look like, especially for a quarterback because it's system-based. Yeah. And his uh, his rookie contract was, what, four years, $25 million, something like that? So, I don't know. I think – I have no idea. I think it was around four years, $25 million. Uh So I, I definitely agree with you. I think the Giants should re-sign him. I like Daniel Jones, and I think he shocked a lot of people this year. I think that moving forward, he will be even better, and I'd love to see what he can do with maybe some more talent around him. And yes, I think the Giants should re-sign him. I I think the Giants should re-sign him for a little bit more than his rookie contract, actually, just to keep him there. I don't like Daniel Jones, per se, but I like like the ability for... That Brian Dable, I think, can coach without with Daniel Jones. I think that Brian Dable is one of maybe the league's best coaches already. 
already, I'd say, a top five coach. And I just I believe that they can build around him. They can get rid of guys' contracts like Kenny Galladay. They can go make a big splash in free agency. Yeah. And they did not have a talented team this year, and they still made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They've got – like, they got all their picks still. They have – you lose Kenny Galladay. You don't have a great receiver room. You don't have – like, you're not in that position to make a, a big splash at quarterback or, like, try to redraft a guy that you don't already have built around. But you're in a guy – like, build around Daniel Jones. Yeah. Like, I would say – I would be willing to build around Dalen Jones. Okay, my second quarterback in this starters tier is Geno Smith. There we go. I think he'll go back to Seattle. I think that that's match made in heaven, the greatest thing that could have ever happened to Geno Smith's career. <laughs> For sure. I mean, other teams that had him, they wrote, he and right back. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I had Geno Smith uh, re-signing with the Seahawks, too. I think that's good on both ends. Yeah, uh, I have Derek Carr. Okay. Now here's another interesting one. I think Derek Carr goes to the Jets. Derek Carr is actually probably my – Derek Carr is my second favorite quarterback in this draft class. I think that no quarterbacks, and you're going to be like – people are going to be like, Derek Stidham did. Well, yeah, there's this thing about backups, that backups play good for like one or two games, and you'll see it – not all backups, but there's a lot of backups that like you've never seen film in them before. They'll play phenomenal for one or two games because people just don't know what to expect. Right. Um, quarterbacks in Josh McDaniel's offense don't normally perform well. It's just a fact. He's been a head coach before. He's been fired before. There's a reason for that. But uh, he's, I mean, he's a good running cord- running, run game coordinator. Is that a good word for it? Good run game coordinator, but not a great pass game coordinator. Derek Carr uh, was one of the ones that stumped me. I could not decide where he would go, where he would end up. He's obviously not going back to Vegas. I, I think they've already stated that. Uh, I think the Jets is a good I I think the Jets is a good landing spot for him. All right, we're just going to have to rattle off the rest of these guys right here. So, I have a guy who will probably be back be back up, but I would sign them as a starter. Andy Dalton, okay? And Mike White. Okay. I think that Andy Dalton played actually a really good year last year people like i watched the saints games his receivers couldn't catch his receivers were horrible okay i mean chris Olave played not that many games michael thomas probably played zero games with andy dalton because what's his name was a starter in the first half of the season and people will point out that game that he had two big sixes but in that game i don't remember what the second one the second one probably was his fault he probably just threw it right to the guy but the first one literally hit his wide receivers right in the hands, right in the chest, with nobody within five yards of him, pops straight up in the air and right into the hands of a defender. Like, not his fault. Yeah. Okay, we've got... So I think that if you want to get, draft a guy like Anthony Richardson, who you'd take as, like, a project quarterback, you'd sit him behind Andy Dalton. Okay. Fair enough. Another person that I had to talk about a little bit was Jimmy Garoppolo, who I who is going to be a free agent this year, correct? Obviously not going back to San Francisco. Uh, because of the whole situation with Trey Lance and then also Brock Purdy, but I think he could find a home somewhere. Yeah, that's my uh, tier that I have. Probably will wrongly be signed as a starter because people think that they're better than they are, and I have Jimmy Garoppolo and Jacoby Brissett. Okay. I actually really liked Jacoby Brissett. I thought he played great this year, but I don't think that there's a better fit for him probably yeah. than the Browns because they had such an amazing running game that you don't depend on your quarterback. But he he was good. Like he was good for what they needed him for. Way better than what they asked him to be. You know what I mean? He yeah. won a couple games for him. Yeah. So, but I think he'll be wrongly signed as a starter. 
Guys who are probably backups. Baker Mayfield, Drew Locke, Ty Taylor Heineke, because I think he'll be in Washington, but I think he'll sit behind Sam Howell. Okay. Joe Flacco, uh, I think he's just getting old. I think he'll just be a backup somewhere. Yeah. Sam Darnold, I think he's horrible. Cooper <laughs> Rush, obviously he's a backup. I don't know if he'll go back to Dallas. That'll be an interesting one. <laughs> he might get wrongly signed as a starter. That would actually be really funny to me. Cooper I think, Rush? I think watching Cooper Rush play 15 <laughs> games would be the funniest thing because he'd get benched by the last two at least. <laughs> and the restricted fee agent, Tyler Huntley, who I think will be the Ravens' next starting quarterback next year. Oh, wow. Okay. And then I have the obvious backups, which when I made this list, um, I had Case Keenum, Chad Henney, and Mason Rudolph. But now that I see this list, I actually made this edit, and I have Chad Henney dash retired. Congratulations, Chad Hetty, on winning the Super Bowl this year. You're a champion. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. And that's it. Thank you for listening to OSFP. Welcome back to OSFB, a show about football. Thank you for listening. And if you've already been listening, you heard us talk about the Super Bowl and a little bit about the free agency QB market. We're going to be moving on to the draft. We're going to be doing a recurring segment this week. We're going to be calling it Top 5 Big Board. It is basically our top five draft players based on talent, positional value, and all that stuff. Not who we think will get drafted in this order. It's just based on who we think is the best and who is the most valuable. Okay. Yep. So I'm going to start right here. So my number five is JSN. Jackson Smith. I think that he looks better than Garrett Wilson did at Ohio State. I would agree. Uh, and Garrett Wilson turned out to be the offensive rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's some injury concern there because he didn't really play that much this last season due to a hamstring injury. But when he played, he looked better than Garrett Wilson did. And Garrett Wilson was a phenom. Garrett Wilson is a star. Yeah. So I think that if he's healthy, he should get drafted top five. I agree. I think he does look better than both Olave and Garrett Wilson coming out of Ohio State. I have at number five Jalen Carter from Georgia. He is massive he's something like 6'3 6'4 close to 300 pounds he's absolutely massive he needs to improve some hand skills a little bit but he's got nice speed and obviously that'll be useful in the NFL you can't really just rely on your can't really just rely on your size in the NFL everybody's that big so yeah at number five I have Jalen Carter I like his uh hand skills and I like his mobility yeah that brings me to my number four so my number four is Will Anderson I was a huge Kayvon Thibodeau guy last year I don't like him as much as I liked Kayvon Thibodeau. I don't think that he's that kind of athlete, but I think that he's really good. He looks a little bit more like Aiden Hutchinson did. He's fast. 
I would say his biggest problem is that he's an ankle tackler, which is something that you can work on, but it's something that once you develop that habit, yeah, it's really hard to get out of. And these guys, Nick Chubb, like Nick Chubb, is you're not going to take him down. Right. Like, like the high, college guys, yeah, maybe. But NFL guys, most of these guys aren't going down by an ankle tackle. you got to hit and wrap. Yeah, relying on that kind of thing is dangerous in the NFL. At number four, I have C.J. Stroud, a quarterback that most people, most football fans will know. He's had two stellar years in a row. I think two Heisman finalist seasons, right? I believe you are correct. Yeah. 3,600 and 4,800 yards, respectively, with 41 and 44 touchdowns, respectively. He doesn't throw picks very often. Uh, he only threw two in his two two years starting. One problem that I think he has, and I said two. I meant six. You said two. He's, he, yeah, that sounds more like it. It's, he threw six <laughs> picks, guys. He did not throw two picks. He is not that good. <laughs> he threw six interceptions. Yes. One problem that I think he has, and I'm actually very serious about this, is he's a quarterback coming out of Ohio State. And I know that's like a joke, but... Oh, man, I'm going to get you good when you're when I'm done. And what I mean is that I think Ohio State does a very good job of playing to their quarterback's strengths. I'm not sure NFL systems are as adaptable to a specific quarterback. Now, I hope that he's like Justin Fields, where he can kind of come in and get the hang of things. And I hope he's like a a college football NFL hybrid because he's not the same player that Justin Fields is. But I think that the one thing he has going for him or the one thing against him was the fact that he was brought up in Ohio state. All right. So I'm at three, right? Yeah. So my number three is Jalen Carter other than positional value, because that takes into effect on my list, obviously. And I mean, in positional value, maybe he's not as good as Will Anderson is, but I think that he is as far as talent goes, the best prospect I've ever seen play. Wow. Right, like straight up. I mean, how often do we talk about defensive tackles going in the top five? Yeah. Never. 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 So I think that that just kind of goes to show how good he is. So you think, do you think draft order he's a number one guy or do you think he's top Actually, that's, five? That's my, that's my thing. Positional value. I have him ranked at number three. Yeah. So as far as like. If I was drafting a new team, like completely blank team is how I kind of see it, Okay, he would be my third pick. Okay, yeah. Number three, I have uh, Tyree Wilson, who is probably not as well-known as someone like Will Anderson, who I'll get to later, or Jalen Carter, but he's got the same kind of metrics prospect that I talked about earlier with Jaden Carter. He's 6'6", 275, so he's big, he's long. He's been very consistent for two years. He's given that defense seven sacks each year. And I think I think he's one of those guys who they have tape on him, but I think he's going to be able to prove himself at the combine. I really do. I think he's obviously got the size, and I think when teams see him move a little bit, he'll, he'll be able to prove himself. All right, so my number two guy, and I'm making myself like three months ago upset with this one right now, is Bryce Young. Because my Bryce, Bryce Young was number one for the longest time for me. But right now... Bryce Young is number two. I think that he's the better athlete. I think that he's asked to make more reads, so he's better at it. And I, But I think that there's strength and size concerns, mostly strength. Because, I mean, guys with not a lot of size can do fine. Russell Wilson's proved that. Maybe not this year, but <laughs> but um, I think that it's a strength concern because he just doesn't seem to have the power. But obviously, it's not a big concern because he's literally the second best player on my entire draft board. 
So to a certain extent, yes, there is a strength concern, but not a big one because he's still number two. Yeah. And number two, I also have Bryce Young. And part of that is because the Texans have the number two pick and they desperately need a quarterback unless they're planning on rolling with Davis Mills. I don't think they will. Bryce Young is a champion. Obviously, he knows how to win. And I think you're right. He knows how to read. He knows how to do that a lot better than a lot of quarterbacks coming out of college right now. His Heisman year, he almost threw for 5,000 yards. And this past year, he threw for 3,300. So he's got the stats. He's got the track record. And I think I think he'll be the number two. Okay, my number one overall pick, and it pains me to say this because I hate Ohio State so much, but my number one overall pick is C.J. Stroud. You were talking about the OSU quarterback narrative? <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to read it for you, exactly what I wrote down. Let's hear it. Can we please just get rid of this OSU quarterback narrative? <laughs> OSU has only had four quarterbacks go in the first round in total. I don't think they've had any second. I'm not really sure on that stat. But I, like, in the ones, third, I think. In right? the ones that I looked, it was first and then third. Okay. I didn't see any seconds. Okay. Okay. So you don't have the sample size to say bad things. Regular OSU quarterbacks, these guys going in the third round, are not supposed to be special, so we shouldn't expect them to be special, right? We're not tanking um, like somebody else's draft ranking because of the school they went to because all their other quarterbacks were like horrible. So let's say a guy's supposed to go in the fourth round, and you're like, everybody else is supposed to be horrible. Yeah, but nobody else was ever drafted literally in the draft. So like that's different. And here are their four quarterbacks who played in the NFL, okay? A war hero who never actually played. So... You're down to three. A guy who had a gambling addiction. So, I mean, yeah, he played a little bit of football, but he did a lot more gambling. He had some problems. So these are not football concerns. Number three is Dwayne Haskins, and the fourth was Justin Fields. So you can't really rank Justin Fields because he's literally, like, this is, he's so young. So there's really only two quarterbacks you can rank, and that is Dwayne Haskins and the Gambler, which I do not have his name. I literally just have the Gambler. And I think that C.J. Stroud is... Not asked to make reads, but when he was against Michigan, he looked amazing. Not against Michigan, against Georgia. He looked amazing, and he is my number one overall pick. Number number one on my top five draft board. Number one on my on my board, I have Will Anderson. And um, I didn't really take positional value into account here. Um, but I think that the Bears could definitely use a linebacker of his caliber. It's, it's going to be crazy to hear this, but I think that he's a, a player who was, and we just talked about Bryce Young's Heisman season a second ago, 5,000 yards, so that's impressive. I think Bryce Young doesn't play that year. Will Anderson wins the Heisman. I think, I think he was a player who was not cheated out of the Heisman, but played in the wrong year. Let's call it what it is. It's a quarterback award. Literally, it, yes. And he would have never won it. Even if Bryce Young was hurt, even if C.J. Stroud was hurt, not only is it a quarterback award, but it's an offensive award. So it's like 90% quarterbacks, 10% offensive players, point negative 1% defensive players. He would have never won it. Okay. It, just does, it doesn't matter. It would have given it to a receiver. They would have given it to a running back. They would have given it to Blake Corum before him. Well, then we'll go with this. Based on merit, he would have won the Heisman. You think that he deserved it if Bryce Young didn't play? Is what I think so. Yes. Yeah. Not not would have won it. You think that he deserved? it. Yes, I think very he des- different thing. I think he deserved it. Yeah, I guess it is two different things. But like I said, he's a player that I think deserved the Heisman at one point in his career. He 
is a champion like Bryce Young. He is a winner, and he's got the size, the prospects. I think, I think he's the best player in the draft. If you're just joining us, uh, welcome to 101.7 Radio Free Hillsdale. This is OSFB, or Outside Source Football, and it's me, Evan Mick, and Ty Ruddy. And we are now moving on to, so I asked Ty, and I did it myself, but we'll probably get to mine next week. I asked Ty to make a what he would do list if he was the Colts GM. So I think he's just kind of, kind of go through the list. I'll comment on what I need to. He'll elaborate. Okay. So the ironic part about him asking what I would do if I was the Colts GM is the Colts almost had a mishap at GM this past year the front office impulsively fired frank reich which i wasn't the biggest fan of i'm a frank reich fan i don't think we keep him around after the season and i think jeff saturday did fine stepping up to fill the role i'm not a fan of firing him impulsively during the season the colts no longer have that problem jim ursay said back in december that chris ballard will be the gm i don't think that gets him off the hook for next year i think this is a do or die year for chris ballard yeah that's where we're at on the gm side If I was the Colts GM, I would use the cap space that we have. I, as a Colts fan, at least, am tired of signing these sort of washed up, maybe with two years left in them, quarterbacks, and just expecting, I don't know what we're expecting. We're not expecting championships, that's for sure. So you're not going after somebody in the draft? Is what you're saying? No, I'm saying I would go after someone in the draft. So you're you're signing guys around the the quarterback. So you're drafting a quarterback, and you're signing guys around him. That's what I would do. That's what you would do. Yeah, because I I mean we in consecutive years we've had was it Ben? Oh man, I can't even think now. Philip Rivers. A lot. Yeah, we've had many quarterbacks in the past few years, and I think I don't know if any of them have been signed to contracts more than two years. No, they've been horrible. Yeah, <laughs> so, horrible. So I'm pretty tired of that. What I have in my notes right here is do not sign Derek Carr. Do not pay Derek Carr and do not pay Geno Smith. We talked about earlier on the show that I think Geno Smith is just going to stay in Seattle anyway. But I think Indianapolis needs to resist the temptation to sign some quarterback. Yeah, I think they're, I think they're sick of signing free agent quarterbacks by now. I think I, you have to be done with it. I really hope so. Jim Irsay said the other day, that Bama guy doesn't look too good. So I would not be opposed to the Colts trading up uh, to take that number one spot and taking Bryce Young. Um, Wait, doesn't look too good? Is that what I said? Yeah, it is exactly I meant I meant the Bama guy does not look too bad. That's what he said. Too bad. That's what he said. He, like, he likes Bryce Young. Yes, I would trade up. If I was the Colts GM, I would take that number one spot. And I think I would take Bryce Young because I'm tired of uh, signing seemingly pointless contracts with washed-up quarterbacks. Okay. If we do not trade up, I'm fine with... What pick do you have? We have... Is I, it five? I think no, it's, four. it's four because the Cardinals are three. It is four. Yeah. If we do not, if we do not trade up, <laughs> I am fine with going another year without a quarterback because I do not... I, I will wait for one next year. I don't want to sign someone that we're only going to sign for one year. And I know, it's, I know it's terrible, but I think if we don't trade up, let's just take someone higher in the draft that we at another position that we need i i mean and there's going to be two top five quarterbacks anyway so even if we don't get bryce young perhaps we'll get cj stroud uh what were you gonna say so the lions gm is calling okay 
Okay. He's saying, because Jalen Carter is still on the board, okay? That's who the Lions want, I can tell you right now. They need defensive tackle. This is So, Jalen Carter is still on the board. Ring, ring. Lions call you, okay? They're saying we're willing to trade pick number seven. Six. Six. Pick number six, okay? A future second-round pick for pick number four. Do you say, yes, of course, or do you say, no, we want Jalen Carter? I say, yes, of course. And at that spot, number six, okay? Hurts and Young would both be gone, I know. Oh, Hurts, you mean, yeah, oh Shroud, Shroud and Young. Shroud, and young, Shroud yes. and young were gone one and two. They're already gone, okay? Will Levis is still on the board. Anthony Richardson is still on the board. What do you do? I'm not impressed with Will Levis. So I wouldn't take him. I have to be honest with you. I don't quite know who Anthony Richardson is. Gosh, a Florida, Florida quarterback. Mm-hmm. I've watched this film. Yeah, but I just I'm I'm picturing an orange jersey, and I could be wrong. Okay, well, maybe as a GM, I should do some more film watching. You should. Great <laughs> athlete, not a quarterback. Uh, he's a he's a project guy. Okay, there's my athlete. answer. Yeah, no. Skip on the quarterback this year. We'll draft one first round next year because okay. we're gonna we're gonna be terrible again. We'll probably have another top <laughs> ten draft pick. That's probably fair. Yeah, so that's where I'm at. Uh, and the quarterback situation. Get back to my notes here. So you GM, you already hired um, your new coach, your new head coach. Yeah. Yep. Shane Shane Steichen. Steichen. Yeah. Steichen. Yeah. His last name is a bit out it, there. It is. What do you What do you think of him? Why'd you take him? Do you think that that was a good move, or do you think it was? I think Chris Ballard made the correct move by hiring Shane Steichen. I know that's a collaborative move between Ballard and Ursay, but I think it was a good one. Jeff Saturday was fine, like I said earlier. I think he was fine for the situation that we were in because we, for some reason, fired Frank Reich during the season. So he was fine. Good decision to hire him as an intern. He was never long-term, and I'm glad that they thought the same thing as me. Yeah, Shane Shane Steichen obviously was part of that huge... Hugely successful um, Eagles Eagles run this year. That wildly successful offense, electric offense, 28.1 points per game. Uh, I'm just going to rattle off some stats here. 28.1 points per game, 389.1 <laughs> yards per game, 5.9 yards per play, 150 rushing yards a game, 240 passing yards a game, 46% on third down, which is huge. I think I think that's such an overlooked stat, third down conversions. Uh, but that's conversation for another day. So I understand that the Eagles' offense, as well, the players on the offense is electrifying. But I mean, some some of those stats have to credit has to be given to coaching, right? And so I think I think that was an absolutely incredible. I think that was a good decision by Chris Ballard and Jim Irsay to uh, hire Shane Steichen. Okay. I'm going to ask you one final question, and then we're just going to wrap it up right here. So my one final question, biggest, what's your biggest position of need? And I guess I have a follow-up question really quick when you're done with that question. Okay. Just, that's just a simple question. One-word answer, or two-word answer if it's like linebacker. Yeah. I don't know if that's one word or two words. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm not good with English. I don't know how I got in here. Anyways, <laughs> biggest position of need? Quarterback. Other than quarterback. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) No, you're good. Yeah, I mean, it would be quarterback. I think our defense is fine. I think if our offense could get in the end zone, we'd be the chance. Receiver, running back, right tackle, left tackle, tight end. What do you you want? Biggest position we need? 
I think I think we're pretty solid at receiver. I we might need a tight end. Yeah. Because I, I, I liked a couple years ago when we had the dominant Mo Alley Cox. Uh so You do have a six eight tight end, if you didn't know. He's, I yeah, no, I know. He's huge. Yeah, he's massive. I'm not sure he has the kind of ball skills of a Travis Kelsey or something like that no. though. Yeah. I, I there's no good tight ends in the free agency market. So your best way so you want to draft a tight end probably? Yeah, yeah. You think you'd draft a tight end like decently early, maybe second, third round. Maybe in that yeah. in that third or fourth pick, you know, yeah. depending. Yeah. Okay. Well that's all we have time for today. So thank you for listening to one oh one seven Radio Free Hillsdale and this is OSFB and thank you so much. <laughs>